Conversation. He dismounted, and coming around beside her horse lifted her down. She felt the cobbles beneath her thin soles as he escorted her across the courtyard toward a torch-lit alcove. Here the great wooden entry door was strapped with iron, which encouraged her uneasy emotions. Rochelle swept through into the ground salle of intricate masonry, stonework and marble, and where a glow from the hearth beckoned with a promise of warmth. Although she was chilled from the rainstorm and her clothing was wet, her attention was arrested by Fabien's sudden preoccupation with some new peril, as Gallaudet, fair and lean, stood speaking to him in a low tone. Rochelle tensed and listened intently, but caught little. Doubting his loyalties to you. Mille diable! I cannot believe it. Who makes such a charge? Galladay's answer was indiscernible to her. Fabien responded with a frown. Rochelle watched him re-enter the courtyard with the rain plummeted, Galladay following. Rochelle shivered, but it was not so much from cold as from fear, maybe a little excitement. Pine logs on the grate heated the stones near the embers and released an aromatic fragrance. She stood holding her hands toward the radiant warmth. A drop of rainwater fell from the hem of her cloak and sizzled on the stones. In the light from the glowing lamps of burnished brass inlaid with gemstones, she began admiring her surroundings. Thick rugs of a design done in crimson, blue and gold wood and brocade furnishings, and intricate hanging tapestries. Would she give Fabien sons and daughters to carry on the Bourbon title? Not if the Queen Mother has her way. Rochelle intertwined her fingers tightly. Comte Maurice, that scheming fox. I would sooner be dead than married to him as the Queen Mother threatens. The wood hissed and snapped. Her taut nerves responded as though the embers spewed forth venom. She could envision the mocking eyes of the Queen Mother watching her from the glowing coals, vowing to defeat their plans. Why would it matter to the Queen Mother of France whom she, a couturier, married? The truth was, it did not. It was Fabien who mattered to her secret schemes. I am merely the bait she uses to trap him and what the Queen Mother wishes from him is too dark to contemplate. From behind her, footsteps echoed, and she whipped around as though expecting to confront her nemesis in the familiar black gown and coif. It was Fabien. She searched his face and found his countenance retained a sober cast. He tossed aside his hat and riding cloak, which were immediately taken up by a serving boy. He walked up to her. His royal blue tunic with silver threads glinted in the firelight. Under his gaze a warmth began to smolder in her heart. You are exhausted, ma chérie. No, I am well, she insisted, hoping to portray a bravery to match his own. She returned his smile, but his brow lifted in doubt. Exhausted and wet he said gravely, and gently undid the clasp on her cloak. 
As he did, her honey autumn hair tumbled over her shoulder and across his hand. She felt herself drawn toward him, even as the coals in the hearth had drawn her only minutes ago. His arm slipped around her, bringing her close. He raised a handful of her hair and looked at it in the firelight. Their lips met, and all shadows fled. The rainy night was no longer bleak and dark. They were together in a wondrous place from which she did not want to withdraw, and the Queen Mother's spies seemed to be fleeing. She melted into his embrace. Her senses immersed with his in the wonderment of their longing. It was incredible how her life had turned about so swiftly by his return to France and his commitment to their future. We have until dawn, then we must leave. I could send Galladay for a priest or a...